I got, I, I know I have that fire. Tiffany's got that fire. You have that fire. That's a, that's Girl. a different thing that I need to get it checked by a doctor. No. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Welcome to Take It or Leave It, an advice-ish podcast for parents. You can download this podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play Music. Be sure to subscribe and give us a review with your thoughts about the show. Thank you to T. Ellingsworth, who says you need to prepare for sore abs and tells us, I listen on my way home from work and laugh so hard my abs hurt. I have to find myself talking back to you, forgetting you can't hear me. I listen every week and follow you both on social media and listening to the podcast makes me feel like I'm having a conversation with friends. People driving past me on the highway likely think I'm crazy talking and laughing so hard. I'm crying with no one else in the car. Thanks for the laughs and workout. That's sweet. I'm your host, Meredith from That's Inappropriate. And I'm your host, Tiffany from Juggling the Jenkins. This podcast will discuss all things marriage, motherhood, and everything in between. Please remember, we're not professionals at anything you may actually need. So any advice we give, you can take... Or leave, because it might be crap. On today's episode of Take It or Leave It, we're talking about people who decorate early for Christmas are actually... (laughs) (laughs) What? How convenient. What? I don't know. I get to your house today. There's a big-ass snowman outside with, like, holographic lights to display. And then then I walk in. It's a winter wonderland. That's because people who decorate early for Christmas are happier, says science. Okay? Okay. Um, in very sad news, uh, Santa Clarita teacher shares her heartbreaking perspective after being on campus during a school shooting and, um, what a segue Meredith. Well, it's, it's, you can't go from holiday cheer. Well, we have to, we have to talk about it in parenting crap. All right, but let's settle the mood first. I said in sad news. All right. That works. Well, thanks. I was still smiling really big though. Like, and then it dropped and I was like, Oh Would you like me to reread this? No, you did great. Wife's touching Facebook posts urges women to search for the man who will push their grocery cart. And we'll get into why that means or what that means and why. Cannot wait. Later on. All right. So on this week's episode, we have a special guest and um, I have the privilege of knowing Cindy and it's Eckert. Am I saying that right? Eckert. Eckert. Yes. Cindy Eckert. Um, we have actually met in person. Uh, and I. this is my, this is, let's do the introduction. This is my friend, Tiffany. Tiffany, this is my friend, Cindy. Hi, Cindy. Hi, Tiffany. So we we met um, last year at uh, Mom 2.0, and uh, I was just so enthralled by your story. Cindy is a serial entrepreneur uh, who advocates for women and talks a ton about um, your your drug, and, and I'm pronouncing this right, Adia. Addie. 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 Mm-hmm. I always put, I always want to put a Y when I see it because I'm dyslexic. Um, so Addie, uh, which is, has been dubbed the female Viagra. I'm correct in all of these statements, right? That's right. Yeah. And so when I heard you give your keynote speech at this conference and you were talking about um, finding a solution for a problem that has been plaguing women for a very long time, my, my, I was sitting in the audience and my mind was blown by the fact that you went in and instead of just talking about it, you went straight to, I'm going to find a solution. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Well, there are 26 drugs for men. I thought it was about damn time that we had one of our own. Um, so that was, a, there was a huge gap, the same 
more women actually often suffer from problems in the bedroom than men do. But if you look at the prevalence of ED for men, what Viagra uh, works on, the prevalence for actually a lack of libido in women is identical. So it's women's biggest problem. Hmm. I have this problem. Um, <laughs> and I always like felt weird about talking about it because I thought something was wrong with me. I thought I was a bad yeah. wife. Aww. Yeah. And so I saw people online started talking about their own issues and I realized I wasn't alone. Um, and I've bought over the counter stuff before and it never worked. And I was like, the problem yeah. is me. The problem is my body. The problem is my antidepressant. The problem is all these things. And right. I never knew there was a solution for women. So this is pretty cool. Yeah. Well, you're not alone. I hear that story like every single day. What made you decide to start this? Well, I ran one of the companies with one of the male drugs and really was looking at the fact that there are so many options for men and not a single one for women that is FDA approved. And that was outrageous to me because the science was there. We knew that for women, there's a biological basis to their lack of libido. Not for everyone. Listen, if you're in a terrible relationship and that's why you have no interest, mm. no, no pill is going to solve that. But if you're a woman who is, you know, you used to have desire you were happy with, it changed. That change has been persistent. Many women describe it as like the lights, you know, the light went off and, and you want to do something about it because you love your partner. You actually like want to want them. You want that sex drive back again. Um, we knew that there's something going on neurochemically uh, that is actually working against you when it comes to sex. Wow. And, and listen, I, I, I'm telling you, Tiffany, I, my mind was blown. I was sitting in this chair listening to Cindy talk and I was like, holy crap, holy crap, holy crap, holy crap. Like <laughs> it, it made my head spin uh, because number one, as of, I mean, we're going into our 17th year of marriage Aww, and yes. we, thank you. Uh, I'll take all the credit. Um, <laughs> actually none. He's a very good husband, but um you are. Don't look at me like that. Um, but uh, what I do know is just as a woman who has friends, one topic yeah. that has come up time and again in our conversations uh, with several of my friends is I just don't want to want to. There's no yeah. want there. And yeah. and yep. and. You know, I've had periods in my relationship where when our children were very little, where that happened for me. But then mm -hmm. as my kids have gotten older, um, I found that my sex drive had, you know, come back. And mm -hmm. so, you know, I've been when people when women come to me and ask that, I say, listen, first and foremost, what you should do is talk to your doctor about the Good feelings you. that you're having, because I realized I was never asked by my doctor, my doctor, I had a male OBGYN for my entire life through all of my pregnancies. And it wasn't until I had a female OBGYN a couple of years ago that she actually asked me if I was happy with my sex life. It was the wow. first time ever a doctor asked me if I was happy with my sex life. So I say, go and talk to a doctor, explain what you're feeling, because what you're telling to me, what you're telling me sounds like you could have another issue that's going on. And luckily today, because of Cindy, there is a drug that can potentially help you get that want to want back. 
And that's a big part of your relationship. Like we can talk about relationships all day long, but when you're married, sex is a component of the relationship. And if you're not having any for whatever reason, it will cause problems to spill over in other areas of your relationship. So talking about that one component and then actually having something that these women can go to to help solve and fix that is huge. We should also note that this is not sponsored. Like she didn't pay us to say this. We're just talking about it because it's a subject that needs to be shared. Well, think about how many women are going to listen to this podcast. Like we have, we we talk to so many women each and every week between our channels, the podcast, everything that's going on. Women need to know that they're not alone in having these feelings. This is percent. I mean, Meredith, when you said that, I'd love to say if it breaks down um, in the bedroom, it's breaking down at the breakfast table. Yeah. And you know, when sex leaves the room in a relationship, you can start the clock on how that relationship is going to start to fall apart. And I think what we do is we sort of, you know, we, we accept it. And what started off is like, oh yeah, we used to do it all the time, but come on, like life is busy. There's kids and you know, we do it every once in a while. And all of a sudden one day you turn around and you realize, holy, holy cow, we don't have sex anymore. And you've started to create a narrative, I think in your own mind of, well, I don't because of this, or I don't because of that, or, or you start to feel really sort of ashamed and alone in it. And I would say just as much as we're doing it, like, you know, the, the, our partners are doing it as well. Like they're feeling completely rejected. Um, they think it's about them. And I've heard these stories for so many years and yet actually, you know what, it's, it's biology and we're wired to want sex. And for various reasons, something can go haywire, if you will, um, in that wiring and, and you can access that again and have that drive back. Absolutely. Um, Sorry, we were reading something about you. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, you're a serial entrepreneur, and I think that yes. in itself is a pretty cool message for women. Um, yeah. I know that. Sorry. Yeah, I'm no, I, I, no, it's super interesting. I mean, how many companies have you started up? Yeah, so I'm, I'm on my third. Okay. Um, and I have a, so I, um, I built and sold two healthcare businesses. Uh, one was returned to me. So I've, I've had, I had one of them twice wow. I'm running that today. And then I have the pink ceiling where I've invested in um, 11 different companies under that umbrella. So unbelievable. Busy. She's like, she's like the female it, shark. I struggled to get to the grocery store. Like I'm so impressed. And oh, you, this is, this have, is, this is my love. My love is really like putting hands, uh, putting, putting power in the hands of women. And whether that be female founders who are doing incredibly cool things and entrepreneurs or ultimately the solutions they're creating that we want to see in this world. And frankly, like the funding system that exists today overlooks. Mm -hmm. Agree. I I think it's, I'm, I'm floored by you. Um, when I met you, like I said, it was just, are you guys going to get married? Meredith? I No, I think she's, I think you're engaged, right? I am engaged. Yeah. I am. Well, congratulations. Yeah. When, is, thank you. When are you going to get married? Oh my God. Don't see, this is what I don't get done. The wedding plans are on hold. Good. Um, we're, okay. we're building a house together. So we decided we'll get in the house and then oh, we'll start how planning exciting. the wedding. So I got married in my backyard. We spent 70 bucks, like Amazing. no stress. You have farm animals, girl? (laughs) I do. Oh, yeah. I have two pigs, uh, Theodore Pig Newton and Tallulah. (laughs) Uh, I got a a girlfriend after he was a lone pig for a while. There's some chickens back there. Um, And then I have two insane dogs, including one I just rescued 
who's my little special needs French bulldog. Oh, his, adorable. His tongue is, tongue is too big for his mouth, so he has to be fed with a baby spoon. So oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's, so that's hilarious. part of my day. Oh, that's too funny. Um, well, that's fantastic. So, yeah, uh, I mean. Where can we find you? Like, yeah, what, tell, what are your websites? Where do you websites? want women following? Yes. Well, so you can find me at Cindy Pink CEO. I wear pink all the time. It's, I have a pink, pink incubator. Um, and the company's <laughs> the pink ceiling. So you can find us at the pink Um, you can find the drug at addy.com. It's A D D Y I. And then please, by all means, follow me on social for all these crazy challenges we're taking on. Is it all the same under the same names, your socials? Yes, they are. Mm-hmm. They're all at Cindy Pink. We'll CEO. put links too, just in yeah, case. Yeah, we'll link you in the you. podcast. And by we, I mean Meredith and Dave. I don't know. No, we mean Dave. <laughs> I don't do any of that. Um, but yeah, so exciting. And you're going to be back at Mom 2 again this year? I will. Yes. Awesome. I love that crowd. I mean, that's this is you guys are absolutely the messengers. I mean, we got to have this conversation woman to woman. Like Meredith said, it, when is your doctor actually really ask you about this. I mean, we at, as a whole, I think as society don't really value women's pleasure. Um, mm-hmm. you know, you can have sex whether or not you want it. And so we sort of don't even, we consider only reproduction. In fact, um, we, we work actively with the medical community on a campaign that we call add one question. So if you go to the doctor today, they ask you about sex. They say, are you sexually active? Do you want birth control? Do you want to be tested for STDs? But if we would add one question and say, and are you satisfied? Mm. We'd actually change the conversation forever. We'd give permission to talk about these things that we sit with in isolation where we feel like we're all alone. Like you said, Tiffany, you feel totally alone in it. And and in fact, it affects 10% of women. 30% of women say they have low libido. Yeah, I was going to say 10 sounds low. Appropriately, I know, you know, diagnosed with this condition, and yet we're not even act asking for it. So I think it's going to require, you know, women demanding better um, and asking themselves when they go in, what are some things I can do about this? I mean, Meredith, when you said your girlfriends talked to you about it, that one that tells just how good you are with your girlfriends, um, that they're willing to like admit it and say, Hey, like how much sex are you guys having? Or is this normal? Um, And I think, you know, in a, in a, from a truly like kind place, we often like pat each other on the shoulder and say, Hey, this is a, it's okay. Like this will pass or it's just a phase. And I know that comes from a really well-intended place, but your response of saying, Hey, you deserve to talk to somebody about that is huge. Um, because they should be going into their physicians and saying like, this doesn't work. Like this isn't working for me. I want to have an active sex life. It's part of, it's part of my everyday. Like it's how you show up in the world and the connection in your relationship. No, I completely agree with you. And I think that people just, it's, it's funny because we're approaching 2020 and yet t- sex is still so taboo. And it's like, totally. why? We all got parts and we'll yes. smash them together. <laughs> like, why not talk about it? I'm just saying, why I don't not? know. People get so offended by it. And it's like, yeah. does anybody believe that we've had sex three times because we have three kids? Because that's know. not how things work. Like, just it's, talk about it. I just wish people would just break down a little bit and talk about it. And, yeah. and I 
I do urge people like talk to a doctor. Not only should you want to have sex, but you should enjoy the sex that you're having. That's right. Like don't just have it's, sex it's, to have it. Love yeah. it. You know, like get, you that's know, I'm right. just saying, I'm just saying that's all. Do I'm you saying. want me to don't leave? I'm just saying. <laughs> the room? I'm just saying that's getting hot. It's so like, it really is. It's either totally taboo or it's hypersexualized and like, there's nothing in the middle, which is really where most all of us exist, right? right. Somewhere in between, we're we're just having an honest conversation about it. I got to tell you guys, I when I um, I was at a meeting, it wasn't mom too, but I was presenting and I was talking about this, and I went upstairs, like grab a Starbucks, and this guy taps me on the shoulder, and I turn around and he said, "I think what you're doing is really cool." And I said, oh my gosh, thank you. Like, and I'm thinking like, how does he know what I'm doing? And he says, hey, I was the AV guy in the meeting where you just presented. Mm -hmm. I said, oh, thank you. And then he just like held my arm for like one beat longer and his eyes got teary. And he said, you know, I, I just got divorced. And he said, and I think this was it. Uh. And I'm just sitting here thinking how just unforgiving I was with her. And it never occurred to me all the times that she was telling me, no, I do love you. No, I do think you're hot still. I just don't ever want it. That she was, it was something outside of her control. Wow. And like he was sitting with that because, you know, that's really what happens. I think your partners take it so personally. They can't imagine that it isn't, that you're no longer attracted to them, that it isn't about them. And yet really it's something completely outside of your control. And that's what ignited me. You know, the reason why I sold off this profitable business in men, it was so easy to sell actually one of these products to the male audience and took on getting the first ever drug for women's libido approved is because we knew scientifically that something was going wrong outside of women's control. And yet we weren't talking about it or giving them the choice because our societal narrative is so strong that. Oh, well, if something goes wrong for men, one, it's a national emergency, mm-hmm. right? We, mm-hmm. Oh my God, we have to fix it immediately if they're not. My penis isn't working. Life, fix it. Right. Oh my God. <laughs> and by the way, like, of course it's biology. Right. And when it goes wrong for women, we're like, well, first of all, I think it's just all in her head. Yeah. And she's just moody or she should just relax or whatever that horrible sort of dismissiveness is. And by the way, does it even really matter? Yeah. And like that disparity is, it has to be changed. And like you said, like we're coming into, you know, it's 2020, like, give me a break. It's time that, that, um, that women, I think, take charge of the next step of the sexual revolution, which is pleasure. Exactly. We don't need permission to, to, yeah. yeah, yeah. Agreed. I love it. So as a serial entrepreneur, can you share yes. anything about, um, a, a failure that you've had with a business? We usually do a oh, mom yeah. fail moment. And since you're our, yeah. now our resident guru entrepreneur, <laughs> what would you say about a, uh, a business fail? Oh my God. So I had a moment where I'd gone out, raised money, you know, blood, sweat, and tears. I didn't actually have a rich uncle who could fund me. Mm-hmm. So I'd gone out, asked people for money and to get on this path to get this drug approved for women. And I thought, you know, the science was all there. And then I got rejected. And it had never occurred to me that there might not be a level playing field and mm-hmm. something would be completely outside of my control. So I had to face going into the office and telling people that they no longer had a job. Oh, I had to face going to people whose money I took who, you know, that was like part of their kids college fund or their parents long-term care and say, I did all the work. 
I met all the endpoints, but the FDA has just rejected me. I never saw that coming. And so that was an incredible, like sitting with myself of how would I let all of these people down who were counting on me. And I can remember I got the news um, that the FDA had rejected us on a Friday. And I think I had to cry it out for like a full, a full day. And then God bless, I went back to my inbox and I started reading the letters again that women had written me. Women who said, don't give up the fight. Thank you for letting me know I'm not alone. I'm dealing with this right now and struggling. And I went in on Monday and told the team, we're going to dispute the FDA, which I want to call fighting the government, the road less traveled. Yes. (laughs) What I will say about it is from the moment of what could have been the worst possible outcome of letting everybody down. I remembered that the people I absolutely couldn't let down were the women who were counting on us to cross the finish line. And so we made a very bold move. um, And I managed to get all of those people who'd already given me money to give me a little bit more to see it across the finish line. And ultimately we won. Yeah. Oh my goodness. What an amazing story. Yeah. It's, it's, it's so wonderful that you didn't stop. And that's why it's so important now that you continue to talk about this and let women know that there, there are options. And And look, I think for anybody who's an entrepreneur, who's listening, there's really sort of a few characteristics, right? I think you have to be resilient. I was as will bleep. <laughs> and um, I think you're probably insatiably curious as an entrepreneur because you better be open-minded mm-hmm. to different ways of doing things because it's never going to be a straight line and you're going to have to change your strategy along the way. But the most important thing is I do think you got to be deeply connected to the problem you're trying to solve. Yes. And, you know, I had, I'm yes. divorced. I had been in a relationship where I had struggled. I had incredible empathy for women who were dealing with this issue And I think that, you know, entrepreneurs today, at least in our Shark Tank culture, feels like, oh, well, I got this idea and it's the get rich quick. And you know what? If that's it, you'll I promise you this. You'll never get rich quick. Yeah, (laughs) that will not happen. Um, You if you are setting out with something that it just every morning burns inside of you to wake up and fix it for for yourself or for others. Those are the people who I think have the ultimate success. I love it. And I I completely, that's, I got, I I know I have that fire. Tiffany's got that fire. You have that fire. That's a, that's a different thing that I need to get it checked by a doctor. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us. And um, uh, as always, we, um, we appreciate you taking the time to spend that, to spend it with us today. And (laughs) good words. (laughs) We'll, we'll let you know when the podcast is going to air and um, we'll get all everything linked up in there and, and good to go. And if you want to listen to it before we release it as well, in case you were worried about any of this. No, uh, great. You were great. And am- amazing you guys tackling this. I appreciate it. Oh, I, I'm telling you, anytime you have a project, let me know because I love talking about this. Thank you. All right. You have a great awesome. rest of your week. So nice to meet you, Tiffany. Thanks. Bye. Nice good meeting talking you to too. You. All right. Have a great Bye one. Now. So let's open the show with a mom fail moment because we're here. We're, we're all here because we've struggled as moms. Anyone who says they haven't is a lie bagger. It's Tiffany's turn to share a mom fail because I feel like I share way more mom fails. Agreed. Well, when you have more. Um, okay. Mom fail moment. I don't know. I guess today kind of counts as a mom fail moment. I'd say it's more of like a, like a, like a spousal fail. Can I do that? 
Why don't you do a mom realization moment or a wife realization moment? Okay. Because that's what it ended up being. So last night, Chloe slept in our bed. She was up every five minutes on the minute because she has night terrors and she thinks she's an acrobatic acrobat in the bedtime night sleep. So whatever. I didn't sleep at all last night. And I, like at one point, I ripped my CPAP off and I'm like, you're never sleeping at all. It was really bad. So I was super tired this morning when it came time to get them up and ready for school. So my wonderful husband did it for me and let me sleep. Okay. And I have to leave my house at 9 a.m. to be here for the podcast. So my alarm goes off at 840. At 8.42, my husband's like, are you doing the podcast? I'm like, yeah. He's like, sweet. Can you swing by the school and bring clothes and also do Chloe's hair while you're there? And he like said that last part really fast. And I'm like, what's going on? And he's like, it's picture day. I forgot. Okay. So I'm like, let me call the school. I called the school and I was like, yo, I heard I'm supposed to bring clothes and stuff. And the lady, she's so nice. She's like, yeah, we're doing photos. We'll hold off on Chloe and Caden for now. Just get here when you can. And when you get here, we'll have you do a hair, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, all right. She's Australian. Well, actually, no, she's (laughs) British, but it was already happening out of my mouth and I couldn't switch it halfway through. she was British. Yeah. Okay. But it was too late. Yeah. I didn't think I was going to be called out. So okay. I was like, nobody will know. Well, you made a commitment to the Australian accent. I wanted to make sure she was, in fact, an Aussie, and nope. she is not. She's okay. Not. So then I'm in the kid. I'm half asleep, dude. I haven't even had coffee, and I'm tearing through the kids' clothes to find some effing clothes for picture day. And I'm like, I don't even know what the theme is. So I called my husband. I went to call- whatever. Long story short, my husband and I got into a huge fight because he was at the gym working out. I had businessy plans today with the podcast and I'm like, how dare he run it out on the treadmill and check out other girls butts while I'm scrambling for picture day clothes. This is something that he should have done. And I went to call him and my phone was freaking. what is it called when your phone updating updating? And I couldn't even call him. I couldn't find out what the theme for picture day was. And I was so mad. So I called the school and I'm, I'm like, Hey, we're not coming. So just do what you can and we'll buy them anyway. And I called my husband. I'm like, don't stress it. He's like, no, I'm already on my way home. And I'm like, listen, here's the deal, dude. It's not a big deal. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to cause a fight in our marriage and lose my mind running around the house trying to get some effing clothes for these kids to look decent in a picture. Like, who the hell cares? It doesn't matter. They're they're whatever. And it didn't matter. I don't know where I'm going with this. I think that wh- where you were going with it, at least from my perspective, because we actually had this conversation before we recorded. Was you made a really good choice in saying, I'm not going to let preschool pictures cause a fight. It doesn't matter whether they're in the Christmas themed clothing or not, or their hair looks like a disaster. Yeah. And those things really don't, it doesn't matter. Like I'll show you, grab Matias's pictures. So my eighth grader didn't even tell me it was picture day. <laughs> okay. He, he goes, he, um, I said, well, why didn't you tell me it's picture day? I wanted to order pictures. And he goes, well, because I didn't want you to order any. And I said, well, that's my job to decide if I want pictures or not. Yeah. I said, well, what did you wear to school for picture day? And he just, he, he wore this blue shirt. Look at this. Look at this. Look at what he did. Full. Look at this. Look at this What's smile. Wrong with it? Look at this smile that he gives for picture day. Okay. It's like this cheesy whatever. And I was like, you couldn't show some teeth. You couldn't do anything. And he's like... No, it's a smirk. It's just a smirk. So do retakes and threaten to ground him. No, I finally bought the pictures online and got them. And he finally brought them in and brought them home. But I was just, it's the same thing. It's like, 
I got all annoyed and had a fight with him about it and whatever. And it, then I got the pictures and I was like, you didn't even. I think it's adorable. You want to fight him? (laughs) Yeah. But. But yeah, like I was, I was ready to be resentful. I had a, a reason to be like, a le- you know how you have like legitimate reasons to be mad and you could either ride it out, you know what I mean? And get attention or you could let it go. And I chose to let it go. And, you know, I felt like I failed because I, um, wasn't, I didn't take him to school. I didn't even know it was picture day. None of us knew and who cares? Well, and look, I had no idea it was picture day either. And my kid didn't even tell me. So, I think it's different if your kid's not feeling it, you know, but like it's our, our kids probably wanted to be adorable and we ruined it. No, it doesn't. None of that matters anyway. You're right. But you were right. My husband, I'm pretty sure didn't brush her hair this morning is but, what. But it was fine. But I think, but you were right. And I was happy and proud of you for taking that stance. Thank you. You were right. And it wasn't actually a fail. You felt like a fail in the moment, but I think you were actually hashtag winning on that one because you. you let it go. And the fail was me being lazy and not wanting to go to the school again and get them dressed and do their hair. But they didn't need it because you're right. How many times do they have damn picture day anyway in preschool? I swear to God, it's like every, not enough. Every, I feel like it's every four weeks. Oh, it's so cute. Caden and Chloe get their pictures together. So they're like sitting on a box and like she has her hand on his kneecap and they're like smiling. It's so cute. Yeah. I love it so much. <laughs> Anyway, that's what's up. Well, thank you for sharing. Yeah, you're welcome. Because Thanks for making think, sense of it for me. Well, I think that people completely relate to that. It's so I, hot. Well, you're the... <laughs> I'm having a really bad hair day, and I wanted the beanie. Do you want it? I have several beanies on my table. I can get you a different one. No, it's not the beanie. Oh. It's the heat. Of the beanie. Yeah. On your head. So, like, another beanie would just be hot again. Okay. And I mean, maybe if it wasn't designed for a child. Right. Oh, it's not. This is my awkward AF hat. My head's just effing huge, dude. Okay. Moving on. This is going to take a turn. (sighs) Tiff, you got a joke for me? Yeah, girl. I'm just making myself look (laughs) Hello. (laughs) Why is Santa always so jolly? Um... Because he knows where all the naughty girls live. Ew. Why you got to try and make Santa a perv? <laughs> what? What? What does that even mean, Dave? He creeps into their chimney? Ew. And their kids. Ew. Their kids. Business manager. We go from murder to Murder pedophilia. joke. Murder, murder joke in Thanksgiving to an inappropriate Santa joke. Getting ready for Christmas. I'm so hungry. Do we need to take a break so you can eat? No. Oh. Because we can. Someone fetch me Sometimes a Pop-Tart. When my hair is, is wet like this and it looks like this, I, f- I look like Daniel Day-Lewis. Do you know who he is? What? I feel like I look just like Daniel Day-Lewis. Google a picture of Daniel Day-Lewis and you're going to be like, oh my God, you look like a middle-aged man. You have to Google it. I hate it. When my hair just lays like that. I do. I look like Daniel Day-Lewis. I ha- okay, Dave's looking it up right now. Because you always say, I look like Kathy Bates. I would rather look like Kathy Bates than Daniel Day-Lewis. Wait till you see a picture. When my hair's back in a bun, I look like Steven Seagal. <laughs> when my hair's all the way back. <laughs> what? I do. I think about it all the time. <laughs> I look like Daniel Day-Lewis. It's so hot. <laughs> it- I'm hot and hungry. 
<laughs> Look. Meredith. <laughs> Oh my god! Don't I look just like Daniel Day Lewis? <laughs> uh, look, it's. I my wish twin. that the people listening could see this. Go, just Google it. It's not Meredith. I look just like you. It. Do not. <laughs> it's 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 a sad thing. I never wanted to tell anybody that, but I I took my you hair. You thought down. now was the time? Well, because I took my hair down. I was trying to put it up in a bun, and then I realized, oh, there's Daniel. Oh my god! And his musket. Meredith, I don't see it. Stop. It's fine. Just move on. I can't. <laughs> I'm so embarrassed. All right. So people who decorate early for Christmas are happier, says science. And this guy's wife had the best surprise ever. So Can I just say, whenever somebody says, according to science, it makes me wonder, like, how do they do these experiments? Did it's, they it's just gather a, people? Like a poll. They do a poll. Do you decorate early for Christmas? Yes or no? Are you happy? Yes or no? I don't know. That sounds right. We're just going to spew it as if it's a fact. (laughs) That's what we do here on the podcast. (laughs) So Christmas is the most joyful time of the year. And the sooner we start breaking out the decorations, trimming the tree and blasting Mariah Carey's rendition of Joy to the World. What? And not All I Want for Christmas. On repeat, the better, the better. So fight me, Scrooges. It's the most glorious time of the year. So psychoanalyst, psychoanalyst Steve McCowan told Unilad. Psycho. He's a he analyst psychos. There you go, Meredith. Said in a world full of stress and anxiety, people like to associate to things that make them happy. And Christmas decorations evoke a strong feeling of childhood. I see it. Decorations are simply an anchor or a pathway to those old childhood magical emotions of excitement. So putting up a tree extends the excitement early if you put it up earlier, right? So longer feeling of anticipation and joy for the holidays. So there was this Facebook post that went viral where this woman's, her husband, Troy, Kristen's husband, Troy, surprised her by putting up this massive Christmas tree with all of the decorations on October 31st. And she woke, she walked out in the morning on Halloween and looked up and her face in this picture that he took, it was just like the most magical moment it had at that time, which I'm sure it has way more, 110,000 likes. And he said, this was last night, not last year. And this was her real reaction. Actually, this was after the tears and the literal jumping up and down. You see, she loves Christmas more than anyone over the age of 12. I know she loves all of it. The Hallmark movies, the decorating, the gift giving, the families, the meaning of it, all of it. And by her reaction, my only disappointment is that I didn't do this years ago. Heck, if it makes someone I love this much, this happy, I'll keep the damn tree up all year. So it was this just really cute, adorable post. And then her reply was, um, Troy, you are the sweetest husband ever. This was definitely on the top 10 list of surprises uh, for my entire life. I love you. What kind of effing life is this woman living? She loves Christmas. No, no, no. No. This epic, viral, incredible thing was on the list of the top 10? Like, what are the other nine? Like, what kind of surprises? I don't... Maybe her husband is just really great at surprising her. I don't have... What Do you have a list, a top 10 list of greatest surprises? Greatest surprises. My third pregnancy. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. Um... 
Yeah, because that was... Surprise! This was definitely on the top 10 list for surprises. My husband did a really sweet Valentine's Day surprise a couple years back. Tell me about it. He programmed the car GPS to take me to... it. Said He said, just get in and drive where it tells you to go. <gasps> and so he set it up. It drove me to getting a massage. Oh. Then it drove me to getting a mani-pedi. Then it drove me to getting my hair done. And then it drove me to a, a hotel where we um, had dinner. Okay, and that's enough. Up. And went out for the night and then banged. And then, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that was a very sweet wow. surprise. But he did that a couple, maybe five years ago now. He did that. So it's time. No, he's, he is, I've, I've said this countless he's times. He's a great on this gift podcast. giver. He is a great gift giver. I am a terrible gift That's giver. That's so thoughtful, though. It's yeah. so, but what if, like, what if there was like a Chinese restaurant next to the massage place and you're like, oh, I love Chinese, you know what I mean? And you go in there thinking that's your surprise and then, you know what I mean? It, it all worked out. Don't worry. It was fine. <laughs> I feel like that's what I would have done. Uh, oh, like, egg rolls. Yeah. There's Woo! no way he got me a massage. It must be Chick-fil-A. <laughs> no, it was, but it was great. But no, I, I just, there, there is something about, my husband yelled at me yesterday. I had the Christmas tree on, the lights on in the middle of the day and he goes in and turns, by the way, he programmed the Christmas tree because, you know, we all have an Alexa, right? So I hear him turn the tree on. He goes, Alexa, turn on the bathroom lights. And then the tree turns on. And I'm like, <laughs> why did you program Alexa to say the bathroom lights or the Christmas tree? And he's like, well, that was the one that was available. And I'm like, you couldn't rename it tree. Oh, my God. So now when you go in the house and say, Alexa, turn on the bathroom, it turns on the Christmas tree. Wow. But anyway, the point is, I just like the lights. I think it's pretty. It makes me feel happy. Oh, I just told oh, her. Oh, to you do said it. Alexa. I just, yeah. Now she's now the tree has been on and off eighteen. Alexa, times. play drop down and get your eagle on. <laughs> okay. Yes. Yeah, so, but I love this. What a great guy. What a sweet lady for getting that pumped. I love it. Happy Christmas time. Uh, any holiday that you are currently celebrating, we wish you that it is the happiest and the merriest of, of all. Yeah. Whatever, whenever this podcast comes out and we don't really know. I want to go home and decorate. Okay. You should. It makes you happy. I feel I mean, that. When you're not arguing with your kids because you're a lunatic, it makes you happy. We are going to celebrate this Christmas. That's what I said. Nobody's going to enjoy Christmas this year. <laughs> Pick up these Legos or you're all grounded forever and Santa's not coming. So, yeah, I already said that. In Let's give each holiday the respect they deserve. I normally decorate the day after Thanksgiving and people are saying when you decorate too early, you're missing the point of the other holidays. I decorated early because we're not even home for Thanksgiving, but I already, I put a picture up on Instagram last night and people were already in my DMs like, you need to wait, slow your roll, don't decorate before Thanksgiving because people get upset about it as well. And some people don't celebrate Christmas, so... And some people don't. And so it's Happy Hanukkah. Do you, happy boo. Happy Kwanzaa. Merry Christmas. Happy Festivus. Whatever you celebrate. Now, <clears throat> in extremely sad news, and the reason that I wanted to talk about this is, for those of you who don't know, um, I am a former teacher. My husband, my husband is a former teacher and former administrator. Um, but there was a, um, shooting at a Santa Clarita high school in California. And one of the teachers, um, took to Facebook the day after the shooting and wrote, uh, this post. Her, her name is Melanie Blair. Nope. Melody 
Melody Blair. What did I say, Melanie? Melody Blair Pellegrin. Pellegrin. Melody Blair Pellegrin shared a Facebook post describing what went on during the Saugus shooting. Um, she said, I was on campus with my first period class, which starts at 6.55 a.m. We were minding our own and discussing the value of life when a student ran into the classroom frantically shouting, there's a shooter. For a millisecond, I thought this was a crazy joke. This isn't real. But I heard screams as more desperate students poured into my classroom. This is real. I immediately went to the door, holding it open to allow as many students and teachers as possible inside. Once the flow of students stopped, I closed the door, made sure it was locked, and the lights were out. Everyone had already run to the opposite side of the classroom. We decided to enter the secure indoor core common area in my building where other students and teachers were huddled on the floor. Another teacher and I barricaded the core door with desks and tables. Another teacher armed himself with a golf club ready to fight back if needed. I didn't have my phone on me, but saw a text coming through on my watch. Nathan Pellegrin texted me to see if I was okay. Chloe Ann Ross told me Hudson School was on lockdown. It killed me that I couldn't respond immediately. I sat there among terrified students as they texted their loved ones. I was scared too. We were quiet. We waited. Soon Soon we heard sirens in the distance. This is real. A student next to me got a text that students had been shot. This is real. I eventually was able to grab my phone and texted my loved ones, I am okay. I also saw I received messages from students asking if I was safe. At a time like this, they were worried about me. I could have broken down and cried right then and there, but I had to be strong. This is real. We waited for about 15 minutes when a sheriff came in, asked us to put our hands in the air, and escorted us out. Looked at the sheriff's enormous rifle. This is real. One of my students turned to ask me if we were safe since they were walking us out. I assured him we were. With our hands held high, we walked to the front of the school to come around the corner to see a sea of cop cars, fire trucks, ambulances parked in the front of the school. The sight seemed unreal, but in fact, this was real. We were escorted off campus and kept walking. We were to go to Central Park down the street. Everyone was in shock, but so strong. We hugged and comforted one another. We obeyed instructions from authorities. We were among the first to leave the campus. Others had to wait for hours. I was at the park for quite some time. Waves of students were bussed in. Each time I saw one of my students safe and sound, I felt relief. Eventually, all students were released to their parents and staff could go. I am so proud of my students. They did exactly as they were trained. They responded immediately. They were quiet. They listened to directions. They were brave. However... I am so sad they ever, I am so sad they even had to experience the trauma of today. It's just not right. I can't get their faces out of my head. I am just so glad students who were with me were safe and out of harm's way. My heart hurts for the innocent lives that were lost today. I'm sad that my students have to live with this memory. There is a long road of healing ahead of us. It is not okay that this is real. Wow. And I can tell you, as a parent, the fact that we have our kids coming home and telling us that they had a code red drill where they had to lay on the floor and be quiet because they are practicing when a shooter comes onto their campus infuriates me. People say that they don't want to talk about this because they don't like to discuss politics. 
and I never discuss politics on my page. It's not the, my page is not the place for that, but I can tell you as a parent, as a former teacher, and as a human being, this is not politics. This is the fact that our children are going to schools every day and we have to send our kids to school every day with a thought in our mind that there will be in fact another school shooting. And I am personally disgusted by this fact. And it breaks my heart. And I was watching CNN the other morning while I was drinking my coffee and this breaking news came across and it broke my heart. As a former teacher, I have been in a lockdown situation. I was in a, there was a burglary across the street from the school and the gunman ran onto our campus to evade police. Uh, The code red sounded and I had to usher um, students into a closet and we had to wait for several hours in the closet with these kids. And I had to keep them quiet and assure them that everything was going to be okay. But it is ridiculous that that is the world that we live in. And I wanted to share it because I'm pissed off about it. And uh, I don't care um, what you want to say in terms of Second Amendment rights and why we need so many guns. Um, Something has to be done to save our children because our kids are dying every day in public schools as a result of gun violence. So that is what I wanted to say. Thank you very much for that beautiful point. <sighs> sorry. No, <clears throat> don't be sorry. I, I get a little hot under the collar. Um, and sometimes I just want to keep my kids home forever. Yeah, same. And not send them to school anymore. But what exactly happened? I, um, I've been trying to avoid social media and the news as of late. Um, it was a student who goes to that school. This, this particular shooting. So they found out who did it. Yes. And he, um, then turned the gun on himself. Oh, and ended his own life before so, the police had a chance to find him because he hid on the, in the school. So oh. it was, um, it's a, it's tragic all the way around. How many students lost their life? I think three, I think three died. But I think that was including him if my husband is going to Google that so we know. But um, there are just thousands and thousands and thousands of uh, kids who two, two died, including the shooter. Three, including the shooter. Yeah, that's what I thought. Um, whose lives have been changed as a result of this. Um, think about how many mass shootings there have been where people's lives, the, the trauma – um, it lives so long after the fact as well. And then people end up with survivor's guilt. And then there are suicides that are now attached to these mass shootings because people think, why did I, why did I make it? And my friend didn't. Are we wanting to get into a conversation? I just wanted to share that. If you want to share thoughts, you're welcome to do so as well. I just want it just as a mom and a former public school employee, it just enrages me. Yeah. We don't, we don't have to talk about it. I just, that's what I wanted to say. Well, I'm only asking because I know that it's a heated subject. Mm-hmm. And, and so if, if you want to leave it at that, I'm happy to leave it at that. Well, I think people like to argue that it's solely a mental health issue and it's not a gun issue. And I believe that it is both. 
Um, but like I said, I know that pe- people get really, really touchy about it. Uh, but I think that obviously we can all agree on all sides of this story that there is time for change. It's time for change. Agree. So yes, we can leave it at that. But I wanted to also thank the teacher who wrote that for sharing her story and for keeping those kids safe and for doing, um, a phenomenal job to all the teachers uh, and faculty and staff in the situation. Yes. All right. So in Love and Marriage, we have a wife's touching Facebook post urges women to search for the man who will push your cart. One wife's heartwarming Facebook post reminds us that instead of wasting time searching for the romantic fantasy in your husband, notice what your man has been doing in his own way to love you. Love that. Sometimes we get jaded. We keep looking for the total romance package. We watch TV husbands like Jack Pearson from This Is Us, who set the husband bar way too high. Then we turn and grimace at our guy who's picking his toenails on the couch, oblivious to our mental comparison. (laughs) But one wife's heartwarming Facebook post reminds us that instead of wasting time searching for the romantic fantasy in your husband, notice what your man has been doing. Heather Delaney of the popular Facebook page Love Always Heather recently wrote a touching post about a major relationship revelation that came on the heels of a typical grocery shopping trip with her husband. You want me to keep going? You want me to read it? Sure. Uh, It seems. So Heather writes, he always pushes the grocery cart. And when we get back to the truck, he always unlocks the door immediately so that I can get in. And then he proceeds to proceeds to unload the groceries while I'm sat in the truck with the seat warmers on rain or shine. Every time this is our grocery game plan. Can I let you guys in on a secret? It has taken me many years to appreciate being loved like this. You see, I spent and wasted a lot of time looking for all the ways in which love is shown in the movies, in the magazines, and on the commercials. Flowers, chocolates, romantic meals, surprise getaways. And guess what? I was disappointed time and time again. Expectations. All because I was looking for ways that I was being told he should show his love for me. Instead of paying attention to how he actually actually does show his love. And when I eventually came to this realization, friends, this was the relationship game changer. For he rarely buys flowers, but he calls me every day when he gets off work to see if I need anything picked up. He never thinks of buying chocolates, but whenever he sees anything that resembles a slice of plant-based organic goodness, he always buys it for me. And he's always so proud to surprise me with his latest grocery store find. He can only boil eggs and butter bread, so while I've never walked into a dining room with candles flickering and plates of gourmet goodies laid out, he wakes up every Sunday morning, puts on coffee, pours it in my favorite mug, and passes it to me while I'm cozied up on the living room couch. And if my mug is in yesterday's dirty dishes, he always washes it out. And while he cannot put together a travel itinerary to save his soul, he has sat in the theater on Broadway with me to watch a musical. He has walked through Ernest Hemingway's home with me. He has been through more museums and libraries in a lifetime than he cares to admit, and he has never complained about any of it, not even once. And it's more than that, so much more. He's gotten up in the middle of the night with a crying baby. If the restaurant order is better than mine, he always switches plates. He watches Sleepless in Seattle when he'd rather be watching Jason Bourne. At least I think that's his name. He knows my favorite lady products and will run to the pharmacy to grab them for me. If that isn't love, I don't know what is. And he will always push the grocery cart. So I thought that was nice because um, I personally think that Hollywood has ruined romance and sex for everyone on the planet. Agreed. 
I think it's the bane of uh, the uh, couples because we see what we think we want. And then we look at our husbands picking their toenails yeah. and we're like, you're trash. That was hilarious. Yeah, you're trash. Yeah, I can relate to that. And I kind of love this. I, you know, our husbands mo- hopefully tend to show their love in other ways. Now, obviously, there are circumstances where if your husband doesn't do anything cool, then you need to reevaluate. Mm-hmm. Um, in January. And if you're listening to this in order, you'll get that reference. Yes. <laughs> I think that also we have to kind of look at our part as well. Uh-huh. Like, I don't know. If I sat in the car while my husband loaded up all the groceries, he'd be like, hey, bitch, <laughs> get your ass out here. What are you doing? Like, what? you know what I mean? Like, uh, but that's just us. Um, but yeah, I love this. My husband shows his love in other ways. Sometimes I don't appreciate them because I'm too busy thinking about the way he should show his love. So what are some ways that he, that he tries to show you love that you might not think are a romantic gesture? Oh, shit. He, uh, do you have one? Well, I know he just told us he took your kids to school this morning to let you sleep in. There's one. Yeah. He, (laughs) he takes the kids to school and picks them up. He, um, makes them dinner a lot. Uh, Oh, so I don't have to. I don't know why it's not like the romance (laughs) movies in Hollywood. We're over here burping and farting. He brought me coffee in bed yesterday. Oh, nice. I thought for sure that it, he made it for himself. And then when he saw me like super jealous, he's like, what? This is for you. Uh, but I'm d- So sure. he drinks coffee too? Yeah, sometimes. Yeah. See, my husband doesn't drink coffee, so he's, he never makes a pot. But he will, if he's out in the morning, he will text me and say, what do you want from Starbucks? Oh, I love that. Um, but my husband is, he always pushes the cart at the grocery store. In fact, I thought it now, was a man thing. He now grocery shops. I don't even have to oh, go. Oh, yeah. My husband. Well, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, there are definitely things. And I used to, I used to be the same way. Like, why don't you buy me flowers? And then he's right. He's like, you don't even like flowers. And I'm like, oh yeah, you're right. They die. So instead, yeah, you know, bring me home a pound cake. What? <laughs> I just, I like Is that pound code? cake. No, I like pound cake. <laughs> That's not code for anything. I just like pound cake. Um, but yeah, I think it's great. I think that we should take some time to look at the small things that mean a lot more over time. Agree. You know, I always try to tell him that me doing the dishes is a way I show him I love him, but I don't know he if he buys it. it. But it's like, yeah, I'm taking care of the home for you. Yeah. <laughs> but really, it's just my OCD. Like, I have to do these dishes now. Yeah. But anyway, it'd be nice if you could twist it, though, and kill two birds with one stone. Right. I tried. He just won't have it. But I did like that. And if you want to, you should go to the Heather Delaney blog. I, she doesn't even know that we're sharing this, I, um, but I follow her. And um, you should follow her if you want to hear more stuff like that. And you should also go to filterfreeparents.com if you want to get all of your trending and parenting news in one place, because we have the number one globally rated and syndicated website in all of the universe. I don't know. That's true. It's not true, but it should be. And so you should go follow it and follow the Facebook page, Filter Free Parents as well, because we put information um, that you need out there. Yeah. And I have a page too. Oh, yeah. I don't know if you guys care. Where is yours? Pornhub.com. No, no, (laughs) no, we do not condone pornography (laughs) here on the podcast. Just kidding. 
<laughs> so you can follow Tiffany Tiffany <laughs> at juggling the Jenkins. Yeah. Dot com. Facebook, Instagram. Yeah. Don't hey, I don't want your pity shout out. No okay? Twitter though. She doesn't tweet. No, I'm not a twat. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's not what I- <laughs> oh my gosh. What the- is happening? Possessive now. A tweeter. <laughs> For the love. <laughs> so make sure to join us for another episode of Take It or Leave It, an advice ish podcast for parents. Hosted by two struggling two moms, moms who have no, no idea, idea what, what we're, we're doing. doing. Clearly. <laughs> That's my bad. That's- have a great week. I love you so much. Oh, bye, guys. Bye. Bye. <laughs>